we have a number of prayer needs this morning that we want to remember. We pray for Nina Wedge, Jack Paul, Bob Cross, Ben Sampson, Jason Bridger, Mark Wolfram, Rick Anstey, Nick George, Gail Oxford. This morning, how many of our congregation want to raise your hands and sing the body you have need today? We want the Lord to be, we believe He can. I mean, believe the Lord can be the Let's go to our hearts and give prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have today to come to this building to worship you, to glorify your name, to sense and feel your presence. Lord, we know that you're here about us today. Your word tells us that we gather in a place such as this to worship your name. You come among us. We pray, Lord, today for these needs. Father, you know each and every one of them. You know the different scenarios and situations they may find themselves in. We pray, Lord, for those that need healing today. We pray that by your powerful hand, Lord, that you would reach down. You would touch them today, Lord. You would raise them up, Lord, from their affliction today. That you would heal them from those diseases today, Lord. For you are still able. Lord, we know that you are still able. We stand upon the promises of your word. Pray, Lord, for those today who are going through their trials and tribulations. We know, Lord, that you're well able to deliver. We pray, God, today that you would minister and move and do what only you can do. We pray, Lord, to give you strength and comfort and peace today. Lord, to those lives that need for every hand that was lifted in this assembly today. Lord, you know all about it. You know everything about our lives. We pray, Lord, today by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would minister to every heart. You would move every life. I pray today, Lord, that when we leave this place this morning, we would know that things are different because we've had an encounter with the living God. We know that when we encounter you, things change. You can't remain the same, Lord. The situations can remain the same by your powerful hand. So Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. For you and you alone are worthy. We ask these things in your mighty name and all who believe
close our eyes. Thank you, Jesus, because you made every one of us. Thank you for each boy and girl, and I pray that as they leave this church, they will leave knowing that they are a star and you think they're awesome. I pray a blessing over their family this week, and I pray that you'll keep these children healthy and safe, and I pray that they will be happy. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Okay, you guys can all go to Children's Church and Reefs. Once for all, 
at the end of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die once, so after this they will face the judgment. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sin of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Our text first is verse 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, not to them that look for him, shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. The title of our message this morning is Christ Appears. Christ Appears. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart now be acceptable in thy sight. And may the same anointing that enabled me to prepare what you laid on my heart and mind. May now that same Holy Spirit enable me to deliver the engrafted word of truth. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. And you may be seated. There are some people, many corporations, who are a lawyer on a retainer. In other words, if a need ever arises, they have somebody already on their payroll that they can call at any moment to deal with the circumstance that they happen, either in their lives or in their corporation. This means this lawyer is available to represent the client, whether in court or in business dealings. Job writes in chapter 9, verse 33, perplexed about his life and his circumstance. He writes and says, nor is there any mediator between God and man. But Paul later states that Christ Jesus hath now appeared to become the mediator, and we see him as our great mediator today. This scripture tells us about a Christ who appears in our lives at the moment that we need him. That we can find what we need at every moment of our lives. You see, in this scripture, we can see that his first event was to save us from the penalty of sin. This present intercessory ministry in heaven saves us from the power of sin. And his second advent will deliver us from the presence of sin. Christ is our representative. He is our provider of spiritual benefits. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9. But we do see him who was made a little lower than the angels. Namely, Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned and honor, glory, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 26, where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 says, Therefore, he is able to save forever those who will draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for us. Christ appears this morning. Number one, I want to say that he appeared in the past, and he appeared to redeem us. The Bible says here, for then he often hath suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of 
gospel. Jesus Christ has come with a redemptive message today. Come ye sinners, lost and hopeless. Christ will set you free this morning and change your life. People say, Pastor, I'm so good as you are. Maybe you are. The only difference in me and the ordinary John is that I have accepted the redemptive power of the cross of Jesus. I'm not perfect. I still make mistakes. But I'm here today to tell you Christ appeared in the past to redeem us and to lift us out of the muck and the mire that humanity was in. A literal translation means the grace of God brings salvation to everyone. Salvation is for the free. It is for the poor. It is for the male. It is for the female. It is for the whosoever will. He hath appeared to offer salvation to everyone. Some teach us there are only certain groups of people that can be saved. I'm here to remind you, any man who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is redemption this morning. Christ has appeared to redeem us. The Bible says the Lord Jesus came to earth in the fullness of time. As we read in Galatians chapter 4, or 4, or as one translation says, when the time had fully come, Christ revealed himself to human nature. In Hebrews chapter 9, it is the climax of all history. Man was in sin. Man was in sickness. Man was in stress. But all of a sudden there came a moving voice out of the heavenlies. Come on to me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will do the rest. I'm here to remind us the curse of the law has been broken, and we are not bound by the law any longer, but we are living under the grace of God. Today, we are graceful people because of the sacrifice of God. The Old Testament sins dealt with sin, but it only covered sin. It only covered sin. What do you mean, Pastor? The high priest would go in once a year beyond the blue curtain. He would go in once a year to sprinkle the mercy seat for the sin of the people, but he'd have to go back again next year. I remind us this morning, he has sprinkled the mercy seat once and for all. We don't have to. Some of us are still asking God to forgive us of that stuff that God has forgotten. Come on. If you have sinned and have confessed your sin, stop talking about it. And if Christians are talking about it, you bring them to the Lord and the Lord will deal with them. Hear me this morning. My sin are gone. They are underneath the blood of the cross of Calvary. As far removed as darkness is from God. In the sea of God's forgetfulness. That's good enough for me. Praise God. My sins are gone. I don't have to worry that he has appeared to redeem us. Why do I get excited on communion mornings? Because this is not a funeral service today. We are not walking to the table of the Lord in mourning and in desperation, in death, and in dominion of the enemy. I am walking to the communion table this morning as a child of God, as joint heirs with Jesus, redeemed by the blood of Christ. I'm part of God's family this morning. Are you? Oh, he has appeared to redeem us. He has borne our sins. In the Old Testament, people lived under bondage. We are no longer a slave to bear. I am a child of God. Every time I hear those words, if something gets in my bones, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. For God has not given us the spirit. 
Why is he a better sacrifice? Because Christ was perfect. 
hear me this morning, Pentecostals, we need to shout. Christ was perfect. There was no guile, no sin, no deceit found in him. He was a lamb as led to the slaughter of his dove. He opened not his mouth. And when they parted his garments and cast lots for his garment, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He represents us this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 19 to verse 21. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We therefore are Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, the penalty of sin today, and the work of redemption found completion on Calvary from the cry from the cross when he said, it is finished. He now is our mediator. He is now our lawyer. He is now our advocate in heaven for us. Story is told of the lady who was charged with a terrible crime. She was told she would have to appear in the courtroom to answer to the charges against her. And then she was told that the greatest lawyer in town had an office not far from the courtroom. She was told if you go and get him, he will find a technicality that you will not have to be charged with this crime. She procrastinated and she did not visit the lawyer's office. But as the date came closer, she made her way into the office of this well-known lawyer who never lost a case. She walked into his office. She said, Mr. Lawyer, I'm here to tell you today I have been charged with a terrible crime. And this crime I did not do. And I need you to represent me. They tell me you are the best. And I will not have to face jail time with you as my lawyer. Putting his glasses down on his nose, he looked up over his glasses. And he said, man, sorry to inform you that last week I could have represented you and pled your case. But this morning I have been appointed a judge. And while I would have pled your case last week, this week I will judge you. I'm here this morning to remind us that Jesus is our judge. But at this moment, he is our advocate. He is our pleader. He is before the very throne of God on your behalf and my behalf. My God is reconciled. His pardoning voice I hear. He owns me for his child. I can no longer fear. With confidence I now draw up and honor and honor God. He ever lives above for me to intercede. His own redeeming love, it pleads for me today. Hear this preacher this morning. Our mediator is before us. He is a guarantee of a new covenant. Some of us have had a wrong concept of God. Pentecostals, maybe some of us need to repent for what we taught our children. We taught them of a vengeful God in heaven. Every moment we did something wrong, we were backslidden. What foolish teaching did we ever get that from? If we had a backslide every time we failed, I wonder if you would be in church this morning. Amen. We had no problem pointing a finger if they struggled with the sickness, but we had no problem getting on the telephone back about everybody in town. 
you hear me this morning? I'm here to tell you that if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. You make a mistake this morning, you don't give up, but you pick up and you go to the one who will walk with you and strengthen you. One old man said to me, one church, we were raised, you should say it back, say it back, and I you. He said, Pastor, what am I going to make? He said, you're going to be something like Barry for Tuesday. <laughs> I said, Brother, I ain't going to kill you for the Sunday. Because I said, you're just as safe as I am. I said, what do you mean? I said, do you think this Pentecostal preacher don't struggle with things? Listen, if you're here this morning and you said, but I am without sin. What does the Holy Spirit say? If you say that you are without sin, you are a liar. For we are all sinners. We struggle with bad thoughts. We struggle with our mouth. But hear me, I've got an advocate. And I know someone is pleading my case in heaven. My name is written in the Lamb's Strength Book of Life. And I have a redemption that is sure because of my advocate. It is secure as secure can be today. Moving quickly. Why does our advocate do it? Well, he has come to secure justice. He is a just God, a holy God, a righteous God in nature. And the moment I got saved, I became a savior. Amen. I'm glad that Pentecostal Assemblies of Newfoundland didn't have to call a general executive meeting to wonder if Jeffrey White was a saint and we could put his picture up in the sanctuary. Hear me. The moment when I was a boy in a Sunday school open session in Clark Street's Conception Bay, and I walked down to the steps of the altar and asked Christ into my heart, I became a saint. Some of you say, I'm married to a woman, but she ain't no saint. <laughs> and believe it or not, but your wife is sitting by you now thinking, Baxter, he thinks he's a saint. You've got another thing coming. Hear me. I'm not saying we're perfect. What I'm saying is, we are now saints because of justification. We are justified before God as though we have never sinned. He has come as our advocate to secure justice. And now I stand before you not who I was or what I should be, but who I am because of Jesus Christ this morning. Secondly, he has come to defend the accused. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. He pleads for us. Do you know the devil don't like you? Well, you don't like it. And the devil is the accuser of the brethren. He is about stealing and killing and destroying. He goes around as a roaring lion. But I want to tell you today, Jesus is my advocate. I don't fear hell. I don't fear the devil. I don't fear the demons of hell. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Our advocate is on high. And he records today the blood my church of Jesus Christ and the redemption in the power of the blood of Christ.
Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 5. Serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things. As Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, see that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. Now Jesus is in the heavenly sanctuary. There is no defilement. There is no sin. There is no impurity. There is only holiness and righteousness. We say about it this morning from the book of Revelation. And the cherubims and the seraphims and the 24 elders cry out holy. It becomes like the sound of many waters. Oh, I don't know everything about him. But this I do know. That there is an assurance in our hearts that Christ today is our mediator. Thirdly and lastly, this morning, I want to talk about our prospect. Our prospects. He will appear to rapture us. The present, he does appear to redeem us. Secondly, the present, he does appear to represent us. But thirdly, he will appear to rapture us. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28. He will appear the second time without sin unto salvation. The third time the word appear occurs in this verse 28. In the Greek it means to see, to be seen with the eye. The Lord will be visible. Well, the Bible says the angel said, Why stand ye gazing into heaven? But this same Jesus that you have seen go will in so like manner return again. But I'm glad to inform us all this morning that when he comes again, there will be no Calvary. There will be no bloody sacrifice. There will be no tomb. There will be no spices. But he will come triumphant over hell, death, and the grave. And once and for all, the enemy will be destroyed. The Bible says the last enemy to be destroyed is death, and we hate death, it's cruel. But I'm glad because Jesus lives, I shall live also. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believe. Paul wrote to Titus, he said, looking for the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, Jesus is returning. How do I know? He said, I will go, but I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. The promise of his return is evident throughout the scripture. He has promised he would return. Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and 8, And when the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the brightness of his coming, and destroy with the brightness of his coming. John, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 5, And he know that he was manifest to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. But now he appears a second time without sin unto salvation to bring to the human race the promises of the eternal word of God. Therefore, while this world may worsen and get wicked, and we are seeing it happening as we speak. Hear me, I'm not worried. Are you? Praise the Lord. I'm going to bring the doctor in. I'll ask you again, are you worried? No. Do you know why we're living above worry? Do you know why we're counting it all joy? Do you know why we're living above the slime of the world? It's because our feet have reached the mountaintop and we have experienced for ourselves. 
them. They shall look upon him whom they have pierced, and he will return again. The Apostles' Creed still declares it. He shall come again to judge the living and the dead. What a hope today. Christ has appeared in the past to redeem us. He appears in the present to represent us. And he will appear tomorrow to rapture us. The grave is not final for us. I don't know if I'll be alive at the coming of the Lord or not, but to tell you the truth, I don't really matter to me if I have. All I'm concerned about is that I'm living every day to the fullest. No. I'm trusting God every moment that I live. I'm living in the presence of God, the power of God, the peace of God. And I have an assurance in my heart that Jesus is all that I've ever needed and all that I will ever need. You see, this is true in Ephesians chapter 1, 14. We are sealed against the day of redemption. In other words, who is a deposit? guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. Now, what does a deposit mean? Well, I grew up in Baker, and Rich was our Walmart. We thought Rich was a, you know, we thought it was one of the best stores in there. But I would go down and buy Christmas gifts and put it out layaway. Remember when you used to do that? So I'd save up my money. You could go down and put it out layaway. So in other words, there was a deposit guaranteeing that nobody would buy the bulk I had for the mother and the handkerchiefs I had for the mother. It was on the deposit. And nobody could touch it. It was in some back room somewhere. But when I brought in the full installment and I said my name, some clerk in Riffs brought out my Christmas gifts. Just imagine. I'm sure to do an arm shop at Riffs and Here in the day. It was wonderful. But I want to tell you something right now. That my father and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, has guaranteed today by Jesus' own death and resurrection and ascension to the Father that there is coming a day when all that has been promised me is going to be mine. I'm not going to die. Hear me this morning. You might put me in a box, but I'm not going to die. Hear me today. I'll be more alive when I die than I am at this moment. I'm not worried about death. I'm not worried about tomorrow because there is a deposit that Jesus has promised for eternity. Now, that our you see, the writer states that Christ will come again. Not to deal with the sin issue. Accomplish what Christ was once offered to bear the sickness of many. Come a second time for us who are eagerly waiting for him. We break this to a close and the musicians can return. You see, these appearances are visible in aspects of the person and work of Jesus Christ. Jesus, our good shepherd, gave his life for the sheep. In heaven, he is the great shepherd and will return one day as the chief shepherd. He has come to them. That's why in this scripture we can understand how we can live and what God can do in our lives if we might trust him in the moment. Sorry today, I don't know where you are, but I know where I am. I have found Christ to appear in my life, to redeem me, to represent me, and I'm looking forward to him returning for me. Every example we come up with today are pale in comparison to the accomplishments of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is shown to be greater than the angels. He's greater than Joshua. He's greater than Moses. He's greater than any high priest. He offers a greater sacrifice. He inaugurates a greater covenant. He serves in a greater holy place. And the list goes on and on. Therefore, because of all this, we have come 
by the blood of Jesus Christ in a new and a living way by the great high priest Jesus Christ. We have the greatest high priest imaginable who has opened the way for us into heaven all that would have been kept from God's presence has been dealt with by Jesus Christ. And what Eden stole from us, what Adam disrupted for us, has now been given back to us through Jesus Christ. Do I hear an amen? Why today are we all upset? Sin has been removed. Sickness has been conquered. Stress has been defeated. And the surrender of the enemy has already happened because he has spoiled powers and principalities and made a show them open. Therefore, when we come to the table of the Lord, we are drawing near to this table, not because of who we are, but because of who we are in Jesus Christ. We are who we are because we are able to draw near to the individual and corporate spiritual disciplines that the scripture plays out. For he is faithful. He is faithful. He hath appeared to redeem us. He hath appeared to represent us. And he will appear to return and rapture us. Where are you two this morning? You say, but Pastor, I don't understand that you Christian people are able to make it through what life brings. I'll tell you why. Because we serve someone who is able to sustain us, strengthen us, and supply our every day. And that's why we can live like we are living. And you can have this peace that I talked about this morning. You can have this friendship that I talked about this morning. But it's up to you. It's bowed in this service. Pastor Keith begins to meet us in some song. You're here this morning and you say, but Pastor, I realize who Christ is. I see that he has appeared to be I see that he has appeared to represent me in heaven. And I see that he will appear to return again. But I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. What can I do this morning to have that relationship with Christ? Am I going to join your church? No. Do I need to do rituals? No. I tell you all you have to do, as I said it earlier in the message, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that God hath raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. As we sing these moments, if you'd like to come and accept the mercy of Christ, whatever you come as we sing it together, this, this altar is open this morning. Let's sing it together. Oh, 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 o